I'm Linnea. You're listening to Nightmare Junkhead. Do you ever fantasize about being killed? Weaving in and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from, this is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, a horror podcast that prefers eating a cup of fuck as opposed to a bowl. My name is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And on today's episode, we're raising a little hell as we're partying at Whole House and summoning up a fan commentary track for the 1988 classic Night of the Demons. But before we get into that, let me remind you we're part of the Boom Howdy podcast network. Boom Howdy. You can find all of our past episodes at BoomHowdy.com, or the easiest way to listen in is to simply search for Nightmare Junket in your iTunes or SoundCloud app, hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it'll download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your lipstick hole. And don't forget, you can follow us on social media, on Twitter at Nightmare Junk, and on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. Now, this episode is actually going to be seen the month of August out. Mm-hmm. We're transitioning to September, which means... It's almost time for Halloween. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. One more month till Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. And in the month of October, we want to make sure uh, here at Nightmare Junkhead, not only are we doing uh, specifically themed Halloween episodes the mm-hmm. entire month, but also here in the Kansas City area, and dare I say, in the Midwest in general, we have some events coming up that are definitely worthy of your time. We want to make sure you're marking your calendars for this. So, uh, Kansas City Horror Club is starting us off on October 6th, and I know we have a venue update. Yes, we have a venue update. We are still going on with the drive-in double feature of Kill the Clowns from Outer Space and Night of the Creeps. But it is now going to be held at the Twin Drive-In in Independence, Missouri. If you've already bought your tickets, they're still good. You know, there's still the vendors are going to be there. Everything's the same except where it's at. So same time, same same everything. It's just at the Twin Drive-In in Independence, Missouri. You can get your tickets at Eventbrite. Just search up Kansas City Horror Drive-In. Boom. It's going to be the first thing. You so. will be thrilled. You will be thrilled. Mm-hmm. And then the following week, uh, October 12th and 13th, we are going to be in Atumwa, Iowa, mm-hmm. attending the Halloween Palooza Film Festival. Yes. As special guest. As special guest. Uh, you have the opportunity to see us podcast live, and we are breaking out. Go back to our live Panic Fest episode from this year, 2018, mm-hmm. our Nightmare Junkhead home game version. The Game of Games! We will be breaking that out. We will have prizes to give away. But, you know, don't show up for us. No. Show up for the films. Uh, Halloween Halloween alumni, uh, Nancy Keys is going to be there. Yeah. As and, well, and and Nancy Keys is like, don't show up for us, but like you know, come for the fun, but stay for the freaks, but you know. So that <laughs> words to the wise. Yeah. <laughs> well, don't wear yourself out too much on that weekend because then that following Friday, October nineteenth, mm-hmm. our fourth fourth year we've done this at this point, genius, and it's so much fun every time. The Nerdoween triple feature. It's getting better every year. Ah. On October 19th at 7 o'clock, indeed, our fourth Nerdoween Horror Marathon. Mm-hmm. Three films that we don't reveal the lineup until each film starts, but we give the theme. And this theme is sci-fi sleaze. Oh, it's going to be so ooey. Terror, terror from afar, and it will be gooey, gory, and good. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to have a Halloween costume contest, vintage trailers, uh, you know, trivia, Always a good time. Always fun. But save your energy. Yes. Because the next night, October 20th. Because if three films wasn't enough for you, the next day we have 
four films all lined up for your viewing enjoyment. We are indeed hosting uh, the Dismember the Alamo on October 20th, and I believe it's starting around 4 o'clock. We get mm-hmm. things early because it is indeed four films. And you're not going to want to miss these. These are going to be a lot of fun. There A lot of fun will be had. Now, there is a theme. We can't give it away yet. No. We will give out more information as it gets closer. But there's a lot of flavors in this theme. There's a lot of there's a lot of good stuff. So. And I will say this, much like last year, there's a good uh, representation of international flair. Mhm. Mm-hmm. We like to expand the mind. Yes. At Dismember the Alamo as along with taking your head off. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we we expand the mind from the outside in. So. <laughs> and many more things will be coming up in the month of October. Make sure you're, again, follow us on social media. We will keep track of all that. Uh, but tons of fun. Oh, yes. We are going to have a good time. Oh, yes. Well, speaking of a good time, we're recording this. Um, I want to give congratulations to friend of the podcast, Patrick Bromley. Yeah. And F This Movie for their Toby Hooper tribute, mm-hmm. which was incredible. I was fortunate enough, I got to listen in at, basically, I bookended right when they opened and right when they ended, I had stuff I had to get to, but more power to Patrick, because he went from around, like, like 10 to 7 at least, mm-hmm. straight through. I listened to a bit of it. I went in and I never- You went. are not their demographic. That's right, a, that's... right. And so I checked it out, and it was great. It was awesome. It was insightful. Heather was cool. GGP was cool. Patrick was cool. Everything. It was it was really good. And I can only imagine how hard it was to organize to get everyone to line up. But ultimately, it speaks to the power of Toby Hooper, mm-hmm. number one, Toby Hooper, as it is. And also, just we mentioned it, you know, and everyone, I think, really got the gist of it, but just the healing power of the horror community. Yeah, exactly. And we lose one of our own. We come together. And it was just nice to be able to, you know, take part and celebrate everyone's appreciation. Yep. And, uh, you know, what was really funny is how many people really gave Life Force a lot of love. It deserve, well deserved so. Well deserved so. Well, speaking of a lot of love here, uh, we are indeed going to uh, go into a uh, commentary track for a film from 1988, mm-hmm. a film that was represented in our Into the Mouth of March Madness tournament. Absolutely was represented. <laughs> but strangely enough, went out the first round. Which which is an upset for I'm sure for a lot of people I, for I'm me sure, in particular I was gonna say it kind of fucked your bracket up so <laughs> but to me that tells you the power of the the horror films that we had from 1988 mm-hmm. that were focusing and devoting an entire episode and a, a commentary track for a film that went out in the in the first round exactly because it's just dope. Great fucking movie. It's one of our favorites. We're going to get into all of that. Now, we are going to be utilizing the uh, Scream Factory Blu-ray. Uh, there's a Blu-ray DVD combo out there. So, again, make sure if it, whether or not you're using VHS. Uh, if you've got it on beta, I don't know if it went that far out. Right. Um, but as long as you're doing it legally, then that's the way to do it. No pirating. Otherwise, you're going to walk the plank. That's right. Yeah. Now, we have everything queued up here. It is right before the MGM logo comes up. So it's a blank black screen screen right now. Mm-hmm. So get everything queued up. And we do a lethal weapon style where we're going to go three, two, one, and then we're going to hit play. All right. So. Uh, audience, are you ready? <laughs> <laughs> well, get your invitations out here, gang. We're going to get ready to start. So, again, black screen, and we're going to go three, three two, two, one, play. play. We'll break out your invitation for yet another Nightmare Junkhead fan commentary track. for and, and not, if One of the best movies, but again, we have no affiliation with Paragon Arts International, MGM, uh, Linnea, anybody who likes to party, anybody who's been to a Halloween party, 
we just are appreciators. But it's really funny. We just went over the Paragon Arts International logo. And much like we mentioned before on the Evil Dead 2 commentary track, that Rosebud logo that comes up. And you get that Pavlovian, uh-huh. I'm in for a good time. I get the same reaction to that one with this film. Now, before we get into all the love, I want to make sure. Th- for me, the reason this film works and it works so well is all about this intro. The, st- the, the power of the animation, which was yeah. done by Kathy Zielinski, who went on to actually went on to have a career in Disney animation. Really? I, and I love it when that happens. That's awesome. When people get kind of their their auspicious beginnings in horror genre. Uh-huh. But it just adds. And then also just the underrated score that we have talked oh, yeah. all about by um, Dennis Michael Tenney. And it's just this wonderful theme. And it's just the combination. I think the way they both just kind of bring, it sets a tone of like mirth and mayhem. Exactly. It's a, it's a perfect Halloween theme theme it's a halloween movie because one you have these dope looking critters well, that would be on they, this trapper keeper it, well yeah that's just it and some of them are like kind of sweet looking but some of them are also sinister as Monsters, well yeah and it's all balanced with just this wonderful score and again it's one of those that um lunaris records put out uh you have to just go back to one of our probably one of the very first uh what's the score episodes we ever did was probably devoted to that particular release yeah because i was so excited when that was put out they even released it lunaris records they put it out on a cassette tape really Uh uh-huh did you buy it and drock out to it? <laughs> well, I only bought it out on vinyl there, and I bought the Sour Balls version, uh, which we'll get into why yes, that <laughs> makes sense. And of course, if you are watching this the first time with our commentary track, God love you, but you're doing it wrong. Exactly. <laughs> this is this is a film to be enjoyed. This is a this is well, this is a film that's a pinnacle of our friendship, is yeah. it not? Yeah. This is one of the ones we started talking about. Like, do you like Nathaniel Quigley? Yeah. Did we just become best friends? Yup. Do you like it spooky? Yup. <laughs> you have to go back. So we do another podcast called Nerds of Nostalgia, which has kind of evolved into our live podcast we do once a month uh-huh. at Tapcade. Uh, but it started out just something that we do here in studio. But even before it was Nerds of Nostalgia, uh, I called it the originally the Dedrick Movie Night podcast because mm-hmm. it was all built around the movie night at my house. Uh, but I had you on as a guest host. When we first met, and you go back to several episodes, our genesis of the friendship, it's there. I won't you know if you've yeah. already heard it, but ultimately, we the first episode we ever you guessed it on, we talked about Linnea Quigley. We talked about Return of the Living Dead mm-hmm. and, and Night, Night of, of the, the Demons. Demons. And now we've done, we've provided a commentary track for Return of the Living Dead. So I'd like to think we've come full circle at this point now. There we go. Providing a commentary track for a film that again was the cornerstone and the foundation of our friendship, which Ultimately, and it's always funny when a lot of people interact with us, they go, you guys must have known each other your entire lives. It's like, no, it's like a pretty recent thing, but it's like we click so well. It's And I think that goes to the power of horror. A power of movies. The power, power. Yeah, just what you we form relationship with relationships with films. Yeah. And then when you find people that have relationship with those films, you form a relationship with them as well. I mean, it's even like the Crypticon thing. Everybody's all getting together talking about the love of horror. We got together talking about the love of this horror movie right here. At Crypticon and at uh, Days of the Dead, I actually cosplayed as one stooge there on yep. your right hand side. Well, this actually, you get our introduction here to our characters of this film. Now, we've mentioned it before, um, you know. The, <laughs> Your care of the characters goes a long way in how you feel about a film. Oh Stooge yeah, he's well, such an asshole. Oh, he's a, <laughs> <laughs> and he's the guy that would actually have orange 
like jack o' lantern gnarly underwear underwear yeah. on and yeah the face on the 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 jack o' lantern it wasn't drawn on that uh, was probably it was, just it was a sad face from like it, it was originally orange it yeah. just was so haunted and then this old man at first you feel like oh this poor codger getting fucked with but well, then you realize that he's a fucking monster it's so incredibly weird the fact that there's this really just it like you said seemingly it unconnected to anything and it turns out it's a bookend as we yeah, find it's out. It's a wraparound. It really this is. This is a wraparound story. Now, it's a non-anthology, but it's perfect for Halloween. Now, is this your ultimate fear that some actually this would be our joint fear that a street tough would come to us with, with a, a rat? Oh my goodness. I'd like to think that old man is the manifestation of our like anxieties. Plus like get off our lawn. <laughs> it's kids today. Now, ultimately here, you get a little peek at what he was doing there with some apples, uh-huh. as well as some other illicit material. And I loved his scream. <laughs> well, the fact that he also really goes off on her, I mean, at the point he, he calls He's her. He's mean. He calls her a whore. I mean, it's just like. Damn rotten kids. But So, again, here we go. See there? Earl Grey tea. And then some razor and blades. And some razors. Now, I don't know if how many of our <laughs> listeners will remember the Apple razor blade scare oh of the uh, early 80s. God, it was horrible because you'd have to like always have people check your candy. And then like if they were shady, they'd take some of it. And like not oh. once did anybody ever have a fucking razor blade in the app. It was all a hoax. They had x-ray machines and like fucking centers. And God forbid if you had like hippy dippy people that lived in your neighborhood, because if they gave you anything that wasn't unwrapped or sealed, it's like, no, don't eat it. It's going to it's going to mess with you. They they laced it with LSD. First of all, who the fuck would give out drugs for free and cookies to kids? You know, that shit's expensive. This was the 80s. It was Reaganomics. Times were tough. Trickle down didn't work that way. Exactly. And nobody's going to go out there like fucking good shit on Halloween to like random ass stranger kids. Well, you you know, there was always that house that would do the full size candy bars. I mean, that was a that was a urban legend a la the cat the, the razor blade and apples but ultimately though it happened yeah because sometimes those urban legends you know they exist with some sort of deviation from a truth you know and now we just got a bit of good old-fashioned 80s gratuity nudity oh there is so much gratuitous nudity in this film well okay night of the demons it is, dare I say, not the perfect 80s Halloween film. It, it encapsulates what an 80s Halloween film is. Yeah. Gratuity, uh, mad capery, violence. Super violent. You know. And, the gore level is at an all-time high. And you had your own kind of like like Brad and Janet, like the good kids, and they hung out with like the street punks and stuff. And it's an interesting mix of your characters here. And then here we go at Whole House. This is, again, uh, urban legend. Yep. There's so much of this film built around that. Uh, the, but the dude's so white bread, he's eating Nilla wafers. <laughs> I mean. You are what you eat. Well, and this also film has one of my favorite 80s tropes, as we're getting up to here, is the annoying <laughs> little. <laughs> the annoying horn dog brother. Yes. A la Buddy. Yeah. A la Seth Green. Audacious boobies, sis. Creep. <laughs> he's a creep with alliteration though right yeah. i can at least i can appreciate that but he's also the a creative little, creep 
He's, yes. <laughs> Speaking of alliteration. But he's also got, I guess, dare I say, a Tommy Jarvis uh, vibe going on with the mask. Well, I like him because he likes to scare people. He's, yeah, he's, he's, he's a young genius right here. He's living Halloween to the fullest. He's going to go out trick-or-treating. He's playing pranks. They do have the little uh, Frankenstein on their door, mm-hmm. so they're decorating. He's getting, like, scared and shit. He's he's living it up. He's doing Halloween right. Right. Yeah, he is. He's actually, you know, he does exist on the periphery of Whole House. Yeah. And he's, uh, he's uh, again, one of those kids that ex- he knows of Whole House. And now, I love we also get very exaggerated New Jersey, New York accent here. Hey, you don't be such a mook. You know, just <laughs> like... <laughs> but also very, like, tra- stereotypical Italian from an 80s. He's a straight horn dog. Mm-hmm. Very tough. Takes no gruff. He's got the collar up. It's open. He's got the beater underneath it. He just needs, like, hey, get some gold chains in here. You know? Hey, trick or treat. Who's got the tricks? Because I got some treats. <laughs> hey. He's just a stone's throw away from Rodney, actually. <laughs> you realize that. Yeah. <laughs> But no, this is uh this film exists within as an all time great Halloween film. This is a film that I think you can put on in the back for a Halloween party, mm-hmm. and it's perfect. Yeah, or you could sit in a Halloween viewing and make it the centerpiece. You could fucking watch it uh, for a February viewing, and it'd still be great. Well, and that's what I like about this film is I sometimes forget because I actually do watch it year round mm-hmm. that it's a great Halloween film. Mm-hmm. And if I was more disciplined, <laughs> you'd only I, watch it. Indeed, indeed. Sometimes, well, we've we've done entire episodes built around that where certain films are best appreciated and experienced at certain times of the year. Yeah. But, you know, if they're good, they're good. I watched Santa Slay for Christmas in July. So, you know. <laughs> After a day like today, you do need a little bit of that crisp. Uh, Some Chris Kringle carnage. Yes. <laughs> but we actually, um, here in the month of uh, October, I mentioned we are going to be doing all Halloween themed episodes. And uh, we actually are going to, I can go ahead and. Mentioned we're going to have some special guests on, um, but we're going to be redoing our horror little 24-hour fictional. No, yeah. So you want to talk about an auspicious or aspicious intro? As nicely done, aspicious. Ladies and gentlemen, Linnea Quigley's ass. The, and honestly, those guys, let's face it, they're okay. kind of surrogates um, for. For the audience, for us right now, we're just every, like, hey underweight overweight fanboy fangirl out there that's just like hey, yeah hey. and if you worked retail and like you little and they quickly would come in and it's a saturday night in the 80s and you're sitting there and like yeah well ultimately i love the fact that she's there she's they're doing the bait and switch exactly little, little misdirection and the fact that that she's so successfully blo- everyone and the, and the fact that she's dressed in like she's fucking lydia deets she's dressed up like she's lydia deets and she's just filling a whole fucking grocery sack i'm surprised it doesn't have like a dollar sign on it and they don't nobody else gives a fuck well dare i say that is the power of one linnea quigley in well, 1988 yeah. and that's <laughs> and let's face it this film when you and we'll see more of Linnea later. Oh yes, oh yes, and oh, I don't. Yeah. I dare say before we get creeps and nostalgia here, <laughs> in 1988, long before the internet, mm-hmm. there was a reason they would put the gratuitous gratuitous nudity in these films. This was our internet. It really was. It was the analog internet, and as creepy as it might be now, as misplaced as sometimes it, as it might seem now, for us, <laughs> it's, we had it was. And she walked right out, right in front of them, and Uh-oh. Linnea with. <laughs> sour balls. I love her droll delivery. 
A lot of people <laughs> you don't get too many, many blowjobs. Blow her little prancing <laughs> out, right? so wonderful. But her delivery in so many of her films, Linnea, I think, always got the kind of film she was in. That's the key. She was attractive and she knew it, but she knew how to work it and she knew how to play to her advantage. She camped it up really well. She she was always playing a role and always having fun. Yeah. You know? That's the thing as well is so many of the films with Linnea that we really enjoy are ultimately fun films. Yeah. Now, granted, Return of the Living Dead, it is dour. But it's fun. You have fun until you the very end You have fun until it's dour. Uh, Night of the Demons, spoiler alert, only two people walk away here, but it's still fun. Yeah. Now, ultimately, what I think what works with this film is I, we talked about the balance of kind of the, the mirth and the mayhem, but you forget when the, the kills hit in this film. They're mm-hmm. mean. Yeah. Like, when it you transform into a demon in this film, it's me Now, <laughs> I love how they have... I love little analogies. A lot. Do you think Jim Jarmusch watched this back in the day and then translated this into Ghost Dog? Oh, I have to have. Because, like, the fact that these will see in this old cartoon that basically is telling, like, if you go to this house, you're going to die. Well, I, I should open this out to you then, genius. If you ever got an invitation to a place that has a reputation, if they ever... T- there's a there's a church out in is it Shoal Kansas uh-huh. where the gates of hell are there's at a, yeah there's a Lucio Fulci the Beyond Gate you know Gate to Hell if they ever said they're gonna have a seance summoning party are you gonna go they would like you know what they want the Kansas City Horror Club to sponsor this party they're gonna have a crazy DJ the guy from Brick Brack Records is gonna be there he's gonna be spinning the visitor oh wow so it's gonna be oh, geared wow. towards you we're you know what we're gonna we're gonna screen Night of the Demons at this oh wow. Do you do it? Do you genius who do you do not walk on grates? Right. You do not go swimming in lakes. Right. You don't go swimming in large bodies of water and regardless. If I'm going to go out via supernatural monster, I'm going to go out like that. You know, if there's any chance that 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 sounds like a dope party, you know, that sounds great. And if I got to if I was but I would be on edge. The whole time. And as soon as the seance started, I'd be like, all right, I'm going to start packing up. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, I'm da- I'm up to, a, up to a point. And then it's like, fuck all that noise. See, what's so good for me is my natural answer is no, because I'm antisocial anyway. So I'll just be like, I'll watch whatever pics you post. It's fine. It's funny. But I would be the one from afar going, told you so. Right? You're like, see, that's what you fucking get. As I post a pic, like, as a demon is eating my face, I'm like, uh, filter, you know, and then like, <laughs> I tell you, fucking, that's what he gets. But now, also, I should point out, we talked about a little bit about Stooge, but just he's an even, asshole. Stooge, well, Stooge, yeah, he's a, he's your typical metalhead douchebag. Uh, but my man in the middle there, uh, Roger, is truly what I would consider my horror spirit animal, my horror avatar, <laughs> Patronus. He, he, yes, yes. <laughs> when I'm when I'm concentrating, and ultimately when I when I peak, Rogericus. You know, just <laughs> and he lets me escape. He he finds a way. He's a terrible driver, but his ride is dope. His ride is incredible. The Stooge Mobile. Yeah, the Stooge Mobile is slick. Dare I say? Well, I always ask, like, and we'll get into it with Angela, where she stands with horror icons. But even our individual characters in this film, uh, we did recently a few uh, commentaries back. We did Friday the Thirteenth Part Four. Excuse me. And that one, for the most part, most people enjoy because it has the characters you care about. Yeah. With this film, granted, we got some cardboard cutouts. Don't get me wrong. No, there are stereotypes. There are stereotypes of the tropes. 
But is it to the point that and I, it's really weird because I know some people that they're too enhanced and they're just rooting for them to die. But for me, like with Stooge, Mm-mm. it kind of makes him more endearing that he is just that asshole. And he becomes more of an asshole. But it's like you do care about these characters. You don't want them to die, especially Raj and especially, I mean, uh, uh, Alice. You know, you don't want those two to die at all. When You, you kind of want Stooge to die. You kind of want because it's. It's the good balance of caring about the characters and knowing they're fodder and ready for them to be dispatched. That may, yeah, and that's if you can balance it. Right. You've got a more successful movie that you will be talking about 30, 30 years. years later. Exactly. And something that is celebrated to the point now that uh, uh, Shout Factory, Scream Factory, they're re-releasing this with an Angela NECA figure now. Like... That, that nice. to me answers the question, is Angela a horror icon? She now has her own. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think she's, I think she's, she's an icon, but I don't think she would know if to normies. That, oh, no. She's next level. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. She's not on the Mount Rushmore right now. Right. She, they, you know, the, they're not touring around, you know, and praising that. She's, but the fact of the matter that is she's got a toy, if you say, hey, it's Angela, I'm like, fucking Night of the Demons, you know? Your average horror fan will know who Angela is. Your, your obsessed, you know, horror fans like us love this film. And also, let's face it, we're, our, you know, how many minutes in? We haven't really had anything horrific happen. No. We're still building up to everything and getting every and introducing the cast of characters. The most horrific thing is Stooge's assholery. <laughs> and then also we get now this is a great little matte painting there. Yes, it is. And that's what you get with early 80s with the late 80s uh, before the advent of CGI. It's, but also we get exposition now. It's an old funeral, Paula. Kind of like uh, we are still here. Yeah, oh yeah. And then the troubles began, you know, just like Well, and you need that you have to set it up. I mean, we've heard the legend of whole house we've just heard it by name we need to know the stories at this point uh-huh. and what i love is it's like where did these get passed down or where do these tales come from um i've talked about it unsolved many a time <laughs> you <laughs> unsolved mysteries uh was it um Robert what was, Stack. yeah he he terrified me with his voice mm-hmm. the solemnity of the uh, and just knowing that they're still out there greg they could come out. They could be outside your window, like the shape. These men were robbed and killed thirty-five people on a convenience store spree, and they're heading to you, Greg, right now, <laughs> tonight. They're driving in. Lock your doors. Like holy shit! Robert See you next Stack. week. Right. And we tune in. We tune in. Well, you know, we're, we live in a golden day of hor- a golden age of horror at this point uh, regarding the films, the TV, uh, web content. So back in the day, we had if you were lucky enough, you had cable. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you were lucky enough, you had a VCR. But then also you would just relied on what was on TV, and that was actually pretty scary back in the day. Yeah, it, was. it paired well with like Tales from the Dark Side. Absolutely, you had your reality, and then the fictional. But and they melded. Yeah. Oh, there's just a <laughs> sliver of difference between the two. Right. Okay. You're talking about like the um, going back and building the talk about the house and stuff. Mm-hmm. Building love, up, building the 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 story. I love the lore. That they build in here that according to legend this wall is built on the thing and evil can't escape past the the water yeah they're wisely introducing the rules of their their haunted house their whole house their demons and what have you mm-hmm. because ultimately that's the thing that's what and I don't understand fans that just do this in general but people that look to pick apart movies right 
I just I don't understand that. I'm here. We've talked about on our scary scenes episode. I you know I go into a film wanting to be scared. Yeah. I go into a comedy wanting to laugh. I go into an action film wanting to be thrilled. And see, but see, there's also the rub too because sometimes you need to just like watch the movie and enjoy it for what it is. What it and is. Just lay, and but sometimes there have be some plot points where it just gets stuck in your craw. Right. But to openly go out and seek that, you're losing the point of the movie entirely. Yeah, I think you're doing it wrong. Exactly. Yeah, that's every you know, that's the one thing I do love with this podcast. I say we're a podcast of positivity. You know, everything we talk about, we love, we genuinely love. We will never uh, do an episode of a movie that we're doing ironically. Right. You know, we wouldn't waste the time. And then ultimately that's why I love all the the podcast I listen to. I don't really I don't listen to anything that's snarky. For the most part, everything that I listen to, everyone loves what they talk about. Um, we were lucky enough. I highly recommend go back to a friend of the podcast, Adrian Torres, his podcast, Horrorversary. Like that, Adrian? I didn't say the Horrorversary podcast. <laughs> uh, but we were uh, he was kind enough to have us on his inaugural episode, and we discussed this very film. Yeah. This is, I mean, this is a film that's in our DNA, whether we, whether we admit it or not, whether, you know, it's just, right? it's just one of those. I would go party in the funeral home. Would you? I would in Whole Just, House, maybe I, I for a little bit. I made me make an appearance. I would be fashionably late. If that at all, it just it wouldn't happen. I, I couldn't just knowing the history behind it. It'd be like if someone said, hey, Greg, remember that place that you talked about? Uh, Bane's Crossing. We're going to have a bonfire there. Yeah. Have not, fun. Yeah. Bye. I'm not going. I'm not going. I've seen, you know, race with the devil. Whether <laughs> whether I'm in an RV, my scooter or what, I'm not going to be chased down by Satanist. You know, it's just not going to happen. But it's Halloween. And why wouldn't you wait in Count Dingleberry? <laughs> Flaming asshole of Transylvania. You know, if you anything, yeah, you can't say, well, this is I wouldn't call this a horror comedy. For me, this no, is still a straight, a straight up horror. horror, but it's got a lot of good com- comedic moments. A little bit of levity. Dudesses. I think <laughs> this is the a, genius uh, introduction it's here. It's a fun party movie. And now they're rocking out on computer date. And I mm-hmm. dare say, go back to our previous week's episode of our deep cuts where we did listen to computer date, which actually makes me want to listen to some Thin Lizzy. Okay. I ain't even gonna lie. Not to get creeps with the nostalgia here. Too late. We've already it's already seeped in. Right. But I always found like uh hot like fairy tale cosplay. Like the Disneyland girls. You know what I'm saying? Like like sexy like So this sexy goes straight from creeps and, and like, nostalgia to like um knocking on door to door nostalgia no, here. No, not it's like uh, I, no, but you know how they have like, you know, like Alice in Wonderland at Disneyland is hot. She's smoking hot. Your like, money, baby. It's okay. Cinderella, yeah. Cinderella at Disneyland, smoking hot. And then you have like, and then so th- this is the. So beginning. you're saying Judy's Alice in Wonderland kind of thing? Pretty hot. Tinkerbell's hot too. But like, when did it did it start in the 80s when they had oh they started the slutty costumes? It was no, it's probably about the time that the pop up Halloween stores came about because those are the easiest costumes to market and put out. You'd have slutty Alice, slutty Snow White, slutty Red Whiting, Riding Hood. I've even seen like slutty Florence Nightingale. <laughs> I you thought you were gonna say slutty Florence Henderson from Brady right. Bunch. I'm sure they have that too. There's slutty Girl Scouts. You could do all... Sam the Meat Man in a, such an easy and, and way. Alice, yes. <laughs> giving me to Alice. Hey, <laughs> you know? Oh, holy shit. So Look sorry. So sorry. So sorry. Speaking <laughs> of slutty costumes, 
It's like she's just warming her buns on the fire. Well, and again, she's so unapologetic in her mm-hmm. performance, and that's what I loved about it. Even again, watching this as a kid, you watch. I, you talk about just you, you watch it for the nudity, for the gore, what have you, just for the low hanging fruit, the right. lowest common denominator. But, but it's, it's so much more, and that's what I love watching now as an adult. I'm dare I say it's it almost feels like just the perfect, just the perfect combination of all that was great with horror in the eighties. Yeah. But again, we're twenty five minutes into the now. Chekhov's lighter. Yep. Possibly. Potentially. Hmm. Even as a non-smoker. This is one of those those movies that showed you back in the day, even if you were a non-smoker. I always carry a lighter. You never know. It's like Hitchhiker's Guide. Get a towel. Get a towel. Yeah, but get a lighter. And what's I, what I like about this particular film also is you do have some of the couples. You have some of the- <laughs> Far fucking out. Now, this for any of our uh, listeners and viewers, uh, make sure uh, this we are not responsible for any, any seizures. seizures. <laughs> um in this case, we would probably have to bite down on the microphone if we started a seizing here. Mm-hmm. But that's ultimately, you know, when the party kicks in. When the black light breaks out. And we've got, yeah, a little bit of a flash of photography. Even the love, st- everyone, it's a, I guess I've never been to a party where everyone is dancing. Right. There's always a couple of people on the wall or sitting down or something. But I would go and party with Linnea. I would dance with, she goes, hey, dance. All right, cool, cool, cool. You know? I, of course, come on now. You would now. Ultimately, that's a dick yeah, move, see, though. That was a dick move, and it was set up early on with him that he was all just about trying to score with her. Mm-hmm. Like that was his end goal. That was his agenda, and anything that's deviating from him, which just ultimately makes you want him to get his comeuppance. Exactly. But so, <laughs> but so far, Suge is a lovable asshole. So far, he's great. Yeah, no, he's just he's that one guy where you're like. Ah, you're a dick, him? but I'm glad you're on my side. Right. Yeah. You know, if you were someone else's friend, I'd hate you. Yeah, but since you're with our crew, it's fine. I hate you still, but I tolerate. We'll tolerate you. Yeah. Now here's okay. <laughs> Check off he, that. He was yeah. He's already kind of planted the seed, but this is not actually the first film we've done a commentary track with a seance as well. Yeah. If you go back to some suburban Horbin in the gate, I will always say. I mean, I'll go out and party, but once the seance starts happening, once summoning and opening of doors, I'm gonna pass. Will you that's, pass at this point? That's what I'm gonna go. Well, do even back in else. the day when you were more adventurous, I did. I partied like that, and ill shit happened, and so like yeah, so. No, when Ouija boards and, sh- and when Ouija boards and whatnot come out, yeah, that's when I go. So that's good. Again, you live your life like a horror movie, Captain Howdy. <laughs> you die noise. in your life like a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Also, what I like is with uh, Linnea Quigley's character is that the, her little mirror is such an important thing, and you get a great mirror shot here eventually as well. Okay, so there's going to be oh, the, s- the the Uncle Deadly. Yeah. Yeah. See, right here, Raj is doing exactly what I would do. No, I'm done. I'm going to leave. We are introducing Deadly Forces. I Bye. see. But even though Raj is more adventurous than I am, I guess, because he's at the party, I right. myself would have just been like, nope, I'm done. Oh, are we going to get Uh-oh. a jump scare? A Raj scare? A Raj scare with a good music sting. Well, you know, I like the fact that also we're of the age where you can say doing the Raj could potentially mean, you know, either what's happening or could be, you know, Night of the Demons. Yep. And if you combine the two, that would be pretty stellar and spectacular. Uh-oh. Whenever you find something in a horror movie. And well, and whenever you go exploring in yeah. a horror movie. See, I'd go, if I went to party, I would stay in the main 
thing. I wouldn't I wouldn't go exploring. I would like stick around on the main uh level. Yeah, it's anytime, yeah, no, it's <laughs> and it's also it's an antique. Yeah. I would just be afraid of like uh um Ill antique shit. roadshow karma. <laughs> right. Well, everything's great except for the demons. If it was <laughs> yeah. wasn't for the demons, it would have more value. Do you know a Constantine that can exorcise these <laughs> demons? Actually, that's what they should have. They should actually have an exorcist on the antique roll, rolling road show just in case. They should. From they curious get a possessed an, item. From Curious Antiques, one who's like specialized in like cursed objects. This one came from Needful Things. Uh, right. Let's see how this one works. <laughs> okay, so... They're going to show this puppet, and this puppet is a great-looking fucking puppet. It looks like a dragon demon, and it reminds me of Uncle Deadly, that uh, weird Muppet that was kind of, like, evil. Well, it was, and was he a later, like, entry to the Muppets? I'm not sure. Because I actually, I'm... Here I it comes, yeah. here it comes. Wait for it, wait for it, no... We're going to get it here because, but no, I don't remember him from back in the day. There we go. See right there. That is a cool looking fucking demon puppet. Yeah, it is. It's wonderful. And the fact that only one person gets to see it and she also ultimately sees her own demise. Yep. That's fucked up. Yeah, it is. Now, I'm not going to say Night of the Demons is fine art by any means, but there is a wonderfully... Fester and fuckwads. <laughs> But there's a wonderfully crafted shot coming up here where you see everyone, they have the reflections. Yeah. If you notice, and according to IMDb, I don't know if this is true, we're going to have to take a look here, but the only people that don't see the reflections are Judy and Roger. Oh. And they are the only ones, spoiler alert, that get away. Mm-hmm. Now take a look into, this is just a nicely crafted shot. Nope, Wait, nope, there's, no, there's Roger. Roger. Wait, hold on. See, okay, the IMDB lied to me. Yeah, there's Roger. Hold on. Now, let's see if they walk away here. But isn't that, I mean, that looks nice. That is a cool shot. That's something that... It is very cool. Again, something you wouldn't necessarily expect for your 1980s horror flick. No, but it it tell that they put a lot of care and they wanted to, like, do cool stuff like this. Well, I guess um, at this point we should also talk a little bit about... Um, the fact that the writer director on this one, uh, Kevin Tenney, also did Witchboard previously. <laughs> Another seance. Which exactly, which uh, has a uh, you know, Tony Katane in that uh-huh. one. Here I go again on my own. Ooh, I like shots like that. A lot. There's a lot. Dare I say, borrowed from Sam Raimi in this film. Regarding, and this is when you actually get a lot of the Evil Dead Two shots. Yeah, you get a lot of like camera fuckery, but it works. And, you know, everyone, they've been stealing from everyone since, like, Plato came up with something original. It's always a deviation of something. Right. And ultimately, though, I think it adds to the film. It makes it charming. That's why, we, like we said before, we're talking about it 30 years later. That demon again, just that brief shot, and then you see from the demon's point of view, this is one of those, like I said, there's a lot of, like, camera trickery and running around, and then there's a shot where Raj, where he's losing his mind, and it's all sideways. Mm-hmm. There's some really good shots in this. Now, again, thank you, Mr. Ramey, for all of that you've provided. And let's face it, anytime you get a shot like this and you're a horror fan, you go directly to Evil Dead. And that's mm-hmm. okay. I'm good with that. Because I think, ultimately, Night of the Demons makes itself its own its own distinct Right. Genre entry in the demon genre. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's funny. Uh, we talked about our fourth annual Nerdoween Horror Marathon, but uh, the very first one we did featured 
three films with demons and yep. uh we actually this was our second film mm-hmm. it was uh <laughs> my old lady don't wear panties <laughs> he's every he, every every always calling it out and it's always funny. You always forget Linnea's the first one that actually gets possessed. Mm-hmm. It's not Angela. Into the lipstick. But it's weird how they also set up like it just got cold in here and it mm-hmm. smells weird, but nobody sees anything. Well, it's uh, but uh, Ash says it's like someone walked over my grave. Yeah. And at this point, it doesn't seem like. <laughs> Is the, that Chekhov's lipstick? Yeah. It, there, there's there's many a things that will be uh, making an appearance and then disappearing and disappearance. again. disappearance. Yes. But no, you get that in a lot of the demon films. You get that element of the chill. Mm-hmm. Uh, that in this case, the the possession doesn't seem like it's that bad. Unlike like with demons, where when you where transform, it's gnarly. It, oh. where it's knocking out teeth. I mean, it gets bad towards the end. They, yeah. It makes you do some horrific shit. But at least you're not like getting all werewolfied. Not yeah. yet. Not yet. No God, forget about that. That's uh, one of those things that no. We're um, 32 minutes in, and again, no kills. All set up, all exposition, mm-hmm. and this is a film that's only an hour and a half in, so I guess this is the best time at this point. Do you remember your first time watching Night of the Demons? Oh, absolutely. I remember my first time watching Night of the Demons. It was on USA, it was, and it was the edited version, but then I rented it, I rented it, and I saw the unedited version, and the, the first time I saw this, it blew my mind. Not only was it awesome... But it kind of freaked me out because of the lipstick scene. Because I was super young. I was maybe about like 11, right? And so I popped this in because it looked cool and I like spooky movies. But like it was one of my first scenes of like nudity. And so when she put the lipstick into her bosom, it freaked. I'm like, is that what's supposed to happen is that does that because you know you see people put money in their bra all the time and so i was like well okay you know i don't know you know i'm just a kid unfortunately you don't get like you don't have an an a and p book near you you when you're watching a film like this oh that's horrible that probably that's some cronenbergian stuff right there it weirded me out for a while and then i was like oh no they don't that's cool I'm good with these now. Thank good. Yeah, no, that's. I actually, I do believe my first time was on USA Up All Night, and go back to our latest uh, Nerds and Nostalgia episode. We just did a duh <laughs> for tonight. Anyway, I so we we watch this with with subtitles on just so it's not blaring anything. But her delivery there said masculine voice. Masculine voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, eat a bowl of fuck. There it is. There it is. Now I definitely saw this on a USA Up All Night again, edited. And like you said, when you reverse engineer from edited to unedited with this particular film. Holy smokes. Because it's one thing enough with the the gore and the nudity. We expect that. Right. But like you said, that scene and we'll we'll delve into it. You know, we'll (laughs) we'll, but it's (laughs) it is uh, I mean, it truly is nightmare inducing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, literally it's 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 in my psyche. It, oh, it, it'll stay with you. It will totally stay with you. Uh, but I was definitely, I know I would have seen this on, oh. Because at didn't it, when it happened at Nerdoween, you just hear people go, huh? the f- fuck? There was a reaction. Yeah. That was the, you know, we always talk about the theatrical experience, communal experience, what have you. But there is, there is something special when that happens. Yeah. Uh, just that, just having that memory now, seeing these films, and that's the best part of doing all this. Oh yeah. Is number one, seeing some of these films on the big screen, because this is one that 
up until that point, I don't think I had seen on the big screen. Mm-mm, me neither. We know rather through uh, you know various repertory screenings or what have you. So then, but also seeing them in the context of uh, demons opened up everything. Uh huh. And then we closed everything with Demon the, Knight, which w- played like gangbusters. Yeah. And so it was. Just, it was just a great experience and seeing people and a lot of people were seeing these films for the first first time. time. You know, that's the one thing I think we take for granted a lot. I think so, too, because it's like, well, you've never seen Night of the Demon, you know? Oh, and to to be passed over by Stooge, like, that's just such the ultimate insult for that guy. He goes, hell yeah! (laughs) She's in the mood for pork. In the mood for pork tonight. And dare I say, that's... (laughs) I know I started snorting long before I'm sure I saw this film, but I always Uh, like it when I hear a snort represented on film. And now we get possession number two. Uh huh. But ultimately, hey, look at these two chicks going at it. <laughs> but I'd like to think that maybe she passed on the better of the demon, since obviously uh, with Angela. Maybe it's like uh, Legion. There are many. There are many. We couldn't. Yeah, possibly. Well, actually, um, this is another film that, strangely enough actually has a franchise uh-huh like this film has three in this in the franchise and a remake and a remake which i never saw it is not good really it was cookie cutter it wasn't as fun to me well you know this is well we shit and we, maybe maybe i need to watch it again because i was i hold this one in such high esteem that any remake oh bullshit you know well, that begs to be that way that begs the question did this film need to be remade did this film have enough of an audience that it had word of mouth that it was Night of the Demons being remade? Mm-hmm. Uh, because I don't know. For me, this is just, and I've, I've talked about it on the podcast all the time. I sit, I do think there are certain films, certain themes that just, they don't exist. They don't work now. No. They worked in the time in the 80s. Like, this is a film I think that is a perfect 88 film. I don't think you can update this i don't think it needs to be updated yeah you have your basic setup of teens going to a party summoning a demon and getting slaughtered make something else don't call it night of the demons right run with that premise call it eve of the demons they're perfect dawn of the demons there we go dusk of the demons be derivative that's fine but don't just uh... (laughs) (laughs) she's so fun oh she linnea is wonderful linnea is well i thought maybe we could uh, go in together Stooge is ever the optimist in this film, and I will give Stooge some some props here because his Stooge, one not the Stooge mobile, but one of the no, I think it was the Stooge mobile does have an Exodus bonded by blood sticker, <laughs> which dare I say not only makes this this is a definitive Halloween film, but maybe with that and then the ball house you can make this heavy you know, metal horror, heavy metal horror, yeah, potentially. Now, ooh, <laughs> when Mother Nature. Is probably the biggest scare. Mother Nature gets me every time. And now here we get more exposition. Even before it had a bad rap, before this was Hill House. Well, of course. Oh, is this maybe an ancient, you know, Indian burial ground? It is ancient. Well, even actually, the way they are talking about that the land is unclean. This is straight up pet cemetery. Yeah, it is. Well, sometimes the ground got sour and dead is better. (laughs) Would you like to eat a bowl of fuck? Well, these kids sure know how to party. <laughs> Actually, you you do add him to anything. It's much like Yakety Sax, Sarah McLaughlin, Adagio for Strings. Right. It'll make it better. 
Anyway, they found him three weeks later. Sitting on a TV he made out of his squaw's intestines. I mean, literally, this is kind of the, the exposition you get from Fred Gwynn. Yeah. And Chewing all- on his leg like a papoose. <laughs> Just like... And as they're sitting on coffins, I know, and it, it's like that's supposed to be like getting her into it. You see him with that little, yeah, you like yeah. this, <laughs> revving your edge in, honey. But you know what? I still try. Like, hey, you want to go see a scary movie? <laughs> I'm like, nope. Damn it. And that's and maybe that's just because I was such a loser. I never had someone that would like go to a movie with me and make out a film. But I never saw the allure of that because I'm like, man, you're missing the movie. Missing the movie. Exactly. <laughs> and like, I, I, that probably speaks volumes about no me. No time for and... love, Dr. Jones. There's <laughs> movies going on. I mean, like. <laughs> and you wonder when you were finally going to get that first Alice in Wonderland reference. Yes. That's just been teetering there the entire the time. The entire time. Well, you can even go back with the mirror. Oh, yeah. I mean, very like, much so. Yeah. Just needed a little uh, Jefferson Airplane playing. Uh-huh. Well, one pill makes you possessed and the other pill makes one you. Pill. But I'll take the blue pill, though. The blue pill? Sometimes I take those. So there, so Roger's doing exactly what I'd be doing. I'm like, yep. why? But I, and, I, and this is ultimately why I actually I empathize so much with Roger in this film and his predicament. Because he's upset because he's realizing, wait a minute, something is afoot here. Like, logically, this doesn't make sense. Yeah, he was one like, this is bullshit, I'm out. And now that he knows that there's some ill things going on, there's some fuckery with reality. And even the fact that she's like, it becomes a purgatory. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I agree with him. At this point, you just need to focus on getting out. And we're not dead. I'm still here. But I I can see, and I can't even, I'm putting myself in that scenario. I can see you trying to dig underneath it. Oh, I'd be like a dog just trying to get underneath there. Anything, because at that point, the panic button starts kicking in, and we still haven't seen the illicit bad stuff that is, and I didn't realize, I wouldn't say this is a slow burn horror film, but we haven't got to any of the good stuff yet. Because it's taking its time fleshing out the characters, the exposition, but it's not doing it in like a rushed or forced way no <laughs> roger his reaction actually that is what i would do i would do that right now if that happened i do that huh? yep. and also spoiler alert <laughs> what i like with this film is it does break convention that okay so is that is that the stooge mobile yeah, that's the Stooge mobile okay so we've got an exodus bonded by blood sticker we've got an anarchy sticker on there and I can't recognize the other one. The Blu-ray isn't all that fine. But actually, heck, go back to our uh, Heavy Metal Big Four episode. We listened to a little uh, Exodus. We listened to a bit of Piranha. Mm-hmm. So uh, always represented here. I don't know if I could make off on make out on a coffin. Yeah, that's crossing some creepy territory yeah, it there. Is. Yeah, it is. And, and at least it's not like used coffin i mean it's not like occupied you know but at the same time this is a whole house coffin though yeah it's still a filthy ass coffin it has history yeah there's it just seems like disrespectful or gross you know listen we know in the 80s films there was always the horn dogs it's like tempting fate yeah well but you would never see me making out on a sewer hole cover you know what i'm saying just out leisurely kissing in a lake yeah no not gonna happen no and uh, this just shows you at this point, you're begging for this guy to get his. Yeah. He's just a scumbag. He went without her on false pretenses. Mm-hmm. He's been constantly already leering at Linnea. You know, it's just like, come on, man. Yeah, fuck him. And he wants to make out on, on, on 
coffins. He's not a good dude. No, no. And ultimately, you know, spoiler, he'll get his. Mm-hmm. And he arises back up. Just like, okay, fine. I'll go. <laughs> He's like, Doug, I'm out of here. I'm here. He probably says something like, you're lost, baby. And just like walk away or, or something. Or even more stereotypically 80s dude to be like lesbian. Yeah. It's like just no more douchebaggery mm-hmm. than something like that. Which makes you ag- want him to die. And ultimately, and let's face it, when you go to a horror film, you do expect some carnage. Right. And if they can make it so you take, and I don't know, what is that? Does that ultimately say anything about us as horror fans? And I, we've always talked about it, feeding the gator, the catharsis, but ultimately you just want to make them that much nastier. So when exactly. it does happen. You just want to, you, you want to see people get punished for the sins. It's something like from the dawn of time. Now, this is going to be our first chance uh, to talk a little bit about the special effects work of Steve Johnson. Mm-hmm. And if you've listened to the podcast, we are big fans of his work. Uh, in fact, I highly recommend go back to our Heather Wixon episode. Uh, go out and buy her book, Monster Squad, so you can read all about yeah. you know, Steve's work here on this film. But this was his first film off of uh, like Fright Night, um, Ghostbusters, where it was his film. He was the lead in the makeup department. And it was, they just made some crazy Linnea faces. And and you know what they did it with? Old-fashioned, like, Lon Chaney approaches in makeup. Really? Really. He, apparently, when he did his kind of wish list, they were like, we don't have that kind of, like, this isn't Ghostbusters, this mm-hmm. isn't Fright Night. We're like, we're an independent horror film. So he had to get very creative with a lot of the stuff he did. And so, ultimately, you know, um, necessity, you know, breeds invention. And he just went back to like old school techniques. Really, but then ultimately, though, when we get to the the, the layered, he and, had to go new school, <laughs> and that's the he one had to go thing. Reform school. <laughs> <laughs> and I tell you, you look at like the effects work in this film. There's, I mean, there's a reason we put this up with the Blob, and why it held its own with the Blob is a gooey, gory movie. Yeah, just ultimately, the Blob was a little gooier and gorier. Yeah, because you know now. This is another centerpiece that this film is built around is Angela's little dance here. Um, I always found it hot. It's 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 a sexy dance and like I like spooky girls. Was, <laughs> this film probably launched a thou- a thousand goth fetishes, yeah. a, th- a thousand goth, you know, um designers and what have you. Uh but no, this is one of those scenes and uh, um okay. Emily Kincaid was a dancer. So quick question, I mean, maybe I, I'm not steeped in goth culture, but would Angela be a style icon? Potentially. Just the way she's presented, the lace. I would say so. I'm Now, listen, again, I yeah, I am no by means an authority. I am a novice. I'm not right. even, I've never dipped my toe, you know, to, I, but maybe? I'm sure it existed before. No, no, mm. no, go back to the Bauhaus days. Late yeah. 70s, what have you. However, on the horror side, though, that's ultimately what makes her look, though. Yeah. You know, it's... and of course, when we think Angela, we think full-blown demon. Um, but this also speaks to the fact, the demons at this point, I guess, take over the personality, or was the demon just like a big dancer? Like, it's been waiting, like, a thousand years to right. finally, like... Now's my time to shine! Dun-dun-dun-dun, jazz hands! You know, he's the spirit, he's the demon to dance i'd like to think so because oh here it kicks in (laughs) stigmata martyr i think the demons are like alcohol they just kind of like 
enhance the deep down inhibitions you know that makes sense angela i think probably always wanted to be dancer and sexy and shit and now it's like the demon's like oh fucking do it now it's like you got him here under the pretense of scaring them mm-hmm. now let's let's and let's let's take this to the next level you know our audience are one here with sal but it does add the sexy elements yeah and angela's hot She's, she can she dances great. No, that's what the thing. This is actually a really cool little scene. And also, how many people did this probably introduce to Bauhaus? Me. Bauhaus. Yeah. I'm I'm butchering the pronunciation. They're like, God damn it, Greg. Right? You're gonna get your like industrial card taken away. <laughs> no, I actually I do I do love me some ministry, I'm not gonna lie. Uh they actually have a song called Stigmata, that's another good one here. Uh but I think there were some releases and then this song actually doesn't appear on the Lunaris uh release. Does not. It does not. No, they have computer date. They have all the other songs on there, but I don't think they they couldn't get the rights. But you know what? Honestly, the reason to pick up the 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 Lunaris record release is the score. It's so good. Like even beyond the main theme, there are some cues in here that I still think work as just good, scary cues. But Mm -hmm. also, again, enhance, dare I say, it's not necessarily another character in the film, but dare it's, uh, you know, it's a periphery character. Yeah. Okay, so I have to say about this dance. I'm getting creepy again, but I'm kidding. <laughs> she okay. She did something fucking awesome as a demon that she made the music go on when she wanted to, when she made the lights go on when she wanted to, and she's doing all this crazy shit. And with means, Sal's freaking out right now. But at the same time, if it was me, I would also be freaking out, but I would be like, cool. Let's do this. You know, it's like... Let's see where this happens. Let's see where this goes. I know I'll probably die, but if I don't, I have a great story. Well, you know, you, you again, you live by the sword. That's cool magical shit, you know? Well, either that or she... I'd be in love. I would just be like... No, uh, you see, no, you're going to take Stooge's approach here. Immediate like... And, so, <laughs> and it's so funny. There are people on the periphery I, at this point that are... <laughs> it's the weird ones you have to watch out for. <laughs> Okay, yeah. <laughs> See, I may have cosplayed this Stooge, but Stooge is your spirit animal in this film. Like, it's really easy for me to right now to just put on Genius McGee right there, and it's just <laughs> it's from the cheese from the cheesy <laughs> pickup lines, and then the look right here. His looks is just a, oh, so. <laughs> <laughs> and what's so funny with Stooge is ultimately he thinks. In his mind right now, if you play it, this is the pinnacle. This is yeah. the reason I came out for a party. Exactly. But oh, I'm bummer. here to party, but he's not going to get the party he wants. Not yet. No, th- not the party in the pants, so to speak. No, now we are now going to be, damn, we are 50 minutes in and we are now about to get our first kill. Mm-hmm. This may be the longest of any commentary track we've done. Sans killing. And we, right here, we get a great 360 shot. Uh-huh. This is really unique and good camera angles. It's wonderful. It's they wonderful. They mix it up a lot. It actually, I'm not saying this is a fine film, but damn, if this isn't a fun little horror film from 88 that has certain elements that makes you go, there's some craft and care to this flick. <laughs> oh, poor Stooge. What's the matter, Stooge? Feeling tongue-tied? No, that didn't come out. Uh, nope, same year, act. No. Joey was tongue-tied in 87, 1993. Yeah. That's right, the year before. A lot of tongue trauma in the 80s. It was the 80s. Just say. (laughs) Well, here we're we're, speaking of trauma. 
We're getting near that point, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> lipstick, proper lipstick usage. <laughs> he, he's very much re- he also realizes at this point i need to head on out exactly when everybody's getting weird it's also, like a McPoyle reunion <laughs> that's what we we're missing is just a big filter of milk <laughs> the, what is it the uh the milk fountain yeah. just recycled milk oh gross lukewarm you are home sal <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's it's okay, and it starts out not normal. No, but here, no, here is where it just goes from normal to gratuitous. Hey, by the way, can we go ahead and just break out? It's what you expect from an '80s film, but it's not what you expect from an '80s film. No, I mean, it's I think not from it what is. you expect from '80. What it's you're going to get what you expect, okay. but then it now goes let's to let's where say you, here. This is what you expect this with an 80s film. This is what you expect from an 80s film. This is what you get in the later day Friday yep. the 13th films. This is random. And, and all your latter day slasher films. You got this scene. Right. Now. <laughs> the next scene we see, Linnea, is what you do not expect, which threw many, many people off guard, me included. Well, and in the 80s also, I think of... Um, Go back to that Jim Carrey vampire film. Yes, there is a Jim Carrey vampire yeah. film where they're where they're doing it in the coffins in that one as well. See what's up with the eighties and doing it in coffins? I never made it in a coffin before. What's with- people hiding in coffins, doing it in coffins? I guess coffin coffins were like the 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 what are the um, okay. okay now yeah here's now we go back <laughs> we go back to what we assume is your common. Or just will, titillating scene. Right, just drawing on her boobs, you know, just kind of like, I don't want to say normal, but like. But what we get here, and I've this to me is probably one of the greatest special effects yeah. of the how did they do that. Yep. Because I need to know that what I just saw wasn't real. Because it looks real. And then, okay, so we're just seeing she's just drawing and, and then even sh- in as a blu-ray film and then she just inserts it in her fucking nipple all the way what the fuck is that it's the worst part it's her finger and she puts it all the way pop, 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 pop. and then it just pops right back out now ultimately we have the <sighs> wonderful power the power of gelatin for that they just did a jello mold basically that is insane it's, so there's a jello mold of linnea quigley's well it, it melted quickly it didn't didn't last long but long enough and they basically did that savini-esque put a person like make their Head front up. and then they go in neck up and let's face it a lot of the times you're so you're not necessarily thinking that it's a fake prop until that happens mm-hmm. and you yeah it's unreal how that works that's crazy. And uh, to me, that is more memorable than any gore effect, than any blood splatter. Yeah. Now, granted, it's not one that you can necessarily, if you guys want to see something, like your normies, you can't show that to. You can't say, do you guys want to see something real? Oh, there. That's yeah. a good effect, too. More well, than my Spielberg hands by shot. the fire. Yeah, the Spielberg shot. I'd like to think he, you know, had his... Uh, his um, Mitt. Yeah. Well, also, she literally put her, her hands were on fire for a brief second, but also... This is where you get a little bit more of the transformation. Mm-hmm. Everybody's going. And crazy. this is also where you are getting those like, those super scary cues that are built off of the main theme as well. <laughs> and as we wind back to, meanwhile, Greg's in the car. 
<laughs> this point, I would have been listening to a podcast. Uh, <laughs> something nice. A non-horror, yeah. but like a happy lifetime podcast. Something from NPR, Right, preferably. exactly. Coming up next is Demons. <laughs> Terry Gross doing a line-for-line line reading of Demon Night. Then we have Satan's Home Companion. And... I would listen to that actually. Here on the Fiery Lake Wobegon. <laughs> we we now have Buck Satan and the Six 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 Shooters. <laughs> That's a real band, an offshoot of ministry. So I'm trying to save my industrial cred there. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to it's like, no, I actually remember a lot of that stuff there. We actually even poor Raj. And right. this is actually where we get a pretty gnarly reveal here. And this is actually a good scare. And I'm not as afraid to say I've screamed that way before. Yep. But that is exactly how she saw herself going out, and it's exactly, exactly how, how she it, died. Again, very gratuitous. Now, this is what we talked about before. God, even in like um, Friday the 13th Part 5, just when you get the gratuitous nudity uh-huh. as we are getting here as a kid this was all just bonus exactly and i mean i hate to say it in such callous terms but that's what it was it was just oh my god is this really happening right like, this is actually about this is the point where you really don't want your folks to walk in on during this point of the movie exactly like anything else well, it's actually anything with Linnea at this Any, point once she's possessed. Because yeah. <laughs> if they walk in on the boob scene, there's going to be some questions. Like, yeah, and then this. At least with this, it's just a, a, you know, I will quote the great, well, we hate movies, but a, what are you watching moment. And then, it's yeah. Is my makeup okay? And she's actually going to have a little bit of a uh, little Frank Booth moment here, you know, where it's <laughs> like, she just needed a little huff of gas and is like, don't you look at me. me. And here we get the next level of demonic possession. And it looks actually like the little demons going through like puberty for the most yeah. part, which is actually, I think, appropriate. But here we get a, oh. It's, that's a, oh, that's so juicy. Yeah, it is. That is some Roy Batty Blade level-esque eye gouging That there. was a good eye gouge because it just pop, pop. And, again, and then more straight gratuity. up gratuity. But at this point now, it's we are escalating. Gratuity. Coughing gratuity. Yeah. No, we're escalating, though, with the gore and the kills. And let's face it, for your uh, first really official, because technically Stooge didn't die from the tongue wound. Mm-hmm. Our boy's dead. But now we have possessed Stooge. And again, we've got now next oh, level snap, makeup. Snap. You can't go a film in the 80s without a, a little snap. Good neck snap. And, Nor, I love the way, and he pulls a, like, oh... He actually pulls a bride here, just yeah, he constant knocking off. But you can't have a horror film without an, a reanimated severed arm. That's just, you need to have it. In fact, with both Linnea films. That's right. There was the reanimated severed the arm The connective scenes. tissue yes, there is. is. The the reanimated arms that you Full get. Full frontal and movable arms. Yes, it is. Oh, that's. Again, I don't know when I'd rather my folks walk in on a movie like this, but it's definitely not for the nudity, man. Like, I know they can handle the gore. Again, next level. Now, poor Raj. That's what he did not need to see nope. there. Like, if anyone that didn't need convincing. <laughs> it's Sal, move. He's not even saying, hey, Angela's right behind me. Just get out of the way. Move. He is pulling a, he's pulling his inner Greg right there. And it's, yellow eyes is going to get you, dude. <laughs> that, that's a very, very <laughs> deep cut. And that's also, that really just kind of messed me up. I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> 
Oh my goodness. See, I don't I don't even remember when we referenced that, but yeah, apparently there used to be a werewolf that would lounge around my neighborhood and lived in a little uh, garage and barn that I wasn't supposed to love. <sighs> there are elements of this film that I do find truly frightening that I think where, again, this film can be scary. And when Angela is stalking, yeah. there are shots of her when she's basically floating across and it's this great tracking shot of her going down the hallway. Uh-huh. I st- still gives me genuine chills. And that's what's funny because it, this film starts so campy and then transitions. And by the time we get really all the possessions, the meanness starts kicking in. Uh-huh. The scares actually genuinely start kicking in. Because when you put Judy and Roger at that point, when they start teaming up, there's some genuinely scary scenes there where there's some tension going on. Because the demons have already did their what the fuckery. And They've now revealed it's, themselves. And now it's down to business. Like, these, you two need are my last and two on the list. Yeah, who who's going to survive? Who yeah. gets to tail the tail? And at this point, we still, we only really have three at this point. Mm-hmm. Everybody else is dead. Yeah, or at this point going to become Possessed. possessed. And it would be, and what's really funny is I do live in a neighborhood that has a lot of houses like this mm-hmm. that are large, cavernous, a lot of whole houses, old, <laughs> that do have some history, which is why I've never been in them. <laughs> hey, Greg, you want to go house? No, I don't want to nope. go and look in there. There's something that's going to attach itself to me, and I'll never get rid of it. I'm not good with that. So, would you be like Raj? Like, are you sure that's really her? Oh, man, my, and that's the thing, I. Can't fault him for thinking that. I know that's not the most heroic answer, right? But at the same time, you're cautious. You are. You have to be in this day in this kind of a survival scenario. scenario. Yeah. Yeah. Here we go. And then again, you get that wonderful little those those cues, and then just reploding. (laughs) Roger's flipping the fuck out. Roger's reacting exactly the way I would. I don't know if that makes me a coward or what have you, but if I see that. And her groating and all of oh, that, yeah. that to me is still truly terrifying. That's why I this film is got some mayhem in it. Like Angela right there, and she's not even like fully leveled up at this no, point. No, exactly. That's not even her final form. No, she's still going through those awkward stages of demon puberty, <laughs> but she's still scary. You're going to burn in hell. <laughs> Where are you going? The party's, party's still just- here. Pork chops and applesauce. <laughs> Oh, and I can only imagine what I like the the bra bomb would be for their nerdlinger. Because <laughs> there's always the nerdlinger. It'd be a bra bomb, but they'd still be, have boobs in it. It would, yeah, it would. just severed boobs. But I can only imagine just the, the level of insanity. Oh yeah, run, Judy, run! You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Her little, her little shimmy that she does right there is just <laughs> wonderful, man. And next dish level now. She's actually popped the pimples, if you noticed. <coughs> Sugar glass. Yep. She should have ran. And a nice little cut here. And a nice little run, Judy, run. See, Judy, run. <laughs> Linnea has fun. Exactly. You go, you turn on a dime here. You're you're just going from scary to fun, a little bit of levity. And still being scary. But then all this stuff starts hitting again. And actually, even the way this is shot and lit, it lends itself to being scary and ramping up the tension. This, This is why I like this film. This is why at this point, 
if you throw it on in the background, people do become a little bit more involved with uh-huh. the scares. Especially because it gets like, what? Dare I say arty with that as well. Just look, look at the way that's lit. That's genuinely nice. And for a for a low-budget horror film, yeah, the better you can make it look, the the better off you are. Because that's the one thing, especially some of those, the ones that were shot on video. Yeah. And I love the do-it-yourself attitude with all those, but man, some of but those... Some of them are kind of rough to watch. They are rough to watch. But that's okay, though. That's okay, because they're still putting it out there. They're pretty, here you go. Here's your reanimated severed arm. Yep. And that's some good old-fashioned special effects, too. Yeah. That's the, the best thing of this film, is the fact that Steve Johnson did such good work, and the fact that they did it on a low budget, but it looks great. And that's the reason we still talk about films like this to this day. It's the love and the craft that went into it. Mm-hmm. Not saying that there's not love and craft put in films today. Of course there is. But it's something tangible, something physical, something versus CGI. And- oh, yeah. It has character. And it, like you always say, the cream rises to the top. There, mm-hmm. This is the reason why we're still talking about this particular film, but not necessarily Night of the Demons 2. It has right. its charm. It was directed by Brian Trenchard Smith. I'm a big fan. Any man that's you know did stunt rock is okay by me, but, but it's yeah, not the OG. It really isn't. It really, and I don't think, I don't know if this needed a franchise. Mm-hmm. You know, the further shenanigans of, of Angela. Although when she does turn into the uh, the Medusa s snake monster, it's pretty rad. It's not in this one, of course. No, <laughs> Did, spoilers. Yeah, didn't have the budget for that one. But it begs the question, though, um, do you do you dare try to recreate this or do we just let it as it is? Do we need to summon Night of the Demons again? You know, I don't think so. I think some yeah. movies should be just one and done standalone, you know? I am in total agreeance. There's really not a lot more stories to tell. Like I said, if you want to do another haunted house film, another demon right. possession film, cool. Just do it. Don't do it Night of the Demons. You can even do another whole house Demon movie, yeah, Just don't, oh, absolutely. Maybe the demons don't yeah. make it Angela's party. Maybe something else. Distance yourself from right. that. I agree. I agree. Well, like I said, it's just because I think these films, and we, you know, we do a podcast called Nerds and Nostalgia. You know, we know that sometimes when you take off those nostalgia tinted glasses, sometimes yeah. stuff doesn't hold up. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, that's why we're talking about this one. To me, this one still holds up. This it's still is, a good movie. It's still fun. It's still genuinely scary. There's a lot of great moments of it. I mean, there's still some good stuff coming up. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, that, yeah, we have. Like I said, we haven't really been have the final form revealed. Right. That of what I remember as Angela. You know, when I think of Angela, the form I see is the one we eventually get. And this is really terrifying i mean like you can see the fear in alice's face you know i mean like plus it's kind of a spooky locale to begin with of course well you you can't go wrong with a good haunted house film nope one that actually just relies on lighting sound design going back to the craft of things Mm -hmm. and that's why you know filmmaking it's a collaborative effort you know if you're lacking on one thing it can hurt the overall product exactly that's why i know like you know, Jill, she's always, you know, she tries to work with the best people that she can because ultimately you're going to have a better product when you do that. Mm-hmm. That's why I don't understand people that want that don't want to work with good people. That's why I surround myself with you. <laughs> I'm not a good. Yeah, yeah, uh, you're not a good person, but you're good people. OK, there we go. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Lots of love for genius. Another little roar. You get a lot That's of the, yeah. 
And this actually, in lieu of finding her friends killed, like you would with a slasher worse. film, you get their reveals as turned and possessed. But the teeth make them scary. The teeth and the, the eyes. The teeth make them terrifying. That especially because they're going. Rah. It's just like holy shit. This thing's gonna eat my face. Well, when you look at just the level of demon possession with a film like Evil Dead. Um, where when they become a deadite, there's transformation, mm-hmm. physical. Same thing with here. Initially, though, the possession, you don't, but of course they stage up. Uh, demons, obviously, just gnarly and nasty. Painful and nail ripping off and shit. And that's what's funny whenever, like even like, like American Werewolf in London, uh, the howling, mm-hmm. those transformation scenes are painful looking. Yeah. Like, I would not want to go through that. But the fact that they can switch it on and off in this movie at the drop of a hat makes it, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Not saying it'd be cool to be a demon, <laughs> but I mean, like... You know, you're fun at parties. <laughs> yeah, right? Don't do it, Alice. You have everything yeah, to... Well, that's... I don't know, maybe. You Actually, can make it. Ooh. And that, just as frail as my body is now, sometimes, you know, as horror fans, we'll put ourselves in these scenarios. Yeah. Could I make that jump? I could. I I know that I'd be like, ow, I'm so fat and old. I would just roll down the, roll down the roof and just plop, just fall down like a sack of fucking taters. And like, I couldn't get up. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, wait, I got a cramp. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Time out, time out. Wait, 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 wait. I'm on base. Can't touch me. Can't touch me. Oh, I like that. Just That's a bummer. Roger with his best intent. Oh, and it's even worse. This is so bad. In a and, gruff male voice. In a gruff male voice. Now, as a a dare I say a rooftop scene goes, this one's not bad. You know the one I actually really enjoy and it's a really good set piece. Oh, Sal's going a long way down. Uh, is uh, the Dunk. The rooftop scene, ooh, speared, man, is the rooftop scene in Halloween 4. Yeah. It's a That's really a good, one. good set piece. Where it's you've got scary. kids in danger. Yeah. Because uh, she, she's selling it. Was, Danielle Harris is Danielle so good Harris in that film. Was killing it, in that, especially in that scene. That's terrifying. That is terrifying. I, I haven't been on too many roofs, but I know they are not pleasant places to be. I don't even like second floor. Second floor. Yeah, anytime you you know you distance yourself from right. ground level, you're putting yourself in dangerous way. And actually, Roger, at this, come on, woman, do it. Right. He's but he being is being more patient. encouraging now. He's becoming more of the hero, which I like. Because there's two or three times in this movie where, if I was Raj, Alice is on her own. <laughs> you know, the 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 heroism only goes so far. Hmm. To the jump. Well, this will give you a little more motivation. And right? this is actually a really nice shot here. Yeah, it is. The sci- That was very psycho-esque, in fact. So you've got very like Hitchcockian. A sp- yeah, Hitchcock. You got the Spielberg. R- Raimi. They're, they're, they're barring from the masters, at yeah. least. I'm got, There's the Mrs. Robinson right there. Yes. Yeah, so you got Neil uh, uh, Nichols. Oh, not even. Again, next level, getting more into her skin. Becoming more full-fledged demon. That was a bummer. Died tonight. Died tonight. That's pretty funny. I'm that not gonna lie. Funny. So the he was a, birthful. They he was fun. only 18. Poor guy. Here's again more of that score 18. that I love. Are you? Were you breaking out? Getting ready to break out Skid Row? Maybe. Okay. <laughs> you know it's 18 in life. You're counting. 
I, I like Skid Row. I'm not gonna lie. I have a. Def- I like hair bands. Slave to the grind. I'll come at me. That's a great album. Oh, here, there we go. Full on, like sped like one and a half speed. Yeah. Angela, with the tracking, the Evil Dead Raimi shot. That's scary fast. And the cue that that still mm-hmm. to me, if I'm watching this by myself, it still gives me the heebie-jeebies. Yeah. But I still, this is another one that I enjoy. This is more comfort food than anything. Although, given the choice, Return of the Living Dead and Night of the Demons, I usually, usually go Return of the Living Dead. I'm in agreement with that. However, and there's those rare occasions like, eh, Where this one definitely. Demons. Now, either or, I'm always good exactly. with. You know, exactly. They're both going to serve their purpose. This one definitely, man, I you know, from campy to mean, it does go mean pretty qu- Actually, no. It takes about 45 minutes to get to mean. Once it's mean, it trims it stays the fat mean. a lot. Just yeah. everybody's gone. You go from the buffet line to just the straight, like, no Scraps. no fat. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's nothing like, on that plate but grizzle and bone. Grizzle and fat. It's like when, they're, when you're at the casino buffet and they just finished breakfast, but they haven't started dinner yet. And there's just like little remnants of like, like oh, man. It's like those eggs look a little runny, but I might be able to salvage them. They still have sausage, so that yeah. works. Add a little cheese to it. It'll, you know, it'll congeal a bit. <laughs> yeah, you never want to take that chance at a buffet, I've learned. That's a not a good thing. I'll fuck a buffet up 24-7. I used to be able to mess up a buffet, but anymore, it doesn't work. I'll get my money's worth, even if it hurts me in the process. I can't do it anymore. It's it's horrible, but I just can't do it. I can't do it. Um, <laughs> this this my commentary brought to you by Pizza Ranch. By Pizza Ranch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll get my plate full. I'll enjoy it, and it's going to work. <laughs> so originally, this film was entitled not Night of the Demons, but it was called Halloween Party, which technically works. Yeah, but it seem Halloween party makes it seems more fun. It looks like something you could put as a you know double feature with Hocus Pocus. Halloween party makes it sound like something Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen would do. Like it's Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen's Halloween party. Where are you going? You know, it's like <laughs> give me pizza. Just like <laughs> the introduction of Angela into any Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen. <laughs> film from those 90s would have been gold but it could be any angela this angela sleepaway camp angela like any any horror angela in actually mary kate and ashley olsen going up to her and sleep in summer camp and going you know angela why are you so fucked up right like in their total one of them judy (laughs) you got it dude (laughs) what other what other angelas do we have in the pantheons of horror um because there's Angela Bassett in the various roles she's contributed to uh-huh. the Angelas themselves. Uh, there's nope. That's Mona. That's Angela from who's the boss. I can't get. She was I, in lady in white. She was. Yeah. Okay. There's Mona. There's, that's no, least, but that's Mona. Okay. That's Mona. Okay. Catherine what is she like? Yeah. See, we're going way off. Wait, course yeah, tangent. Here. Going back to this Angela. Yeah. So, this is, <laughs> that's terrifying the demons are banging at your door and your only solace is the cream of Fukatorium. at least james karen is not there <laughs> but if he was you know he's, oh! burn the flame <laughs> i could work that myself don't need no favor from that guy so prideful when he says that ah james karen open the door raj we want the bitch that's actually that's kind of harsh. That is. We never heard a nice boy like you. 
Uh, were they channeling their inner Freddy at that point? Because you know, well, demons don't give a fuck. That's true. There's no decorum with demons, I guess. Mm-mm. And the demon etiquette book is just frighten, right. you know, uh, mortify, just piss, make them make fuckery. them rest themselves. Yes, general yes. fuckery. Actually, interesting enough, the the idea of All Hallows Eve, right? When the spirits do get to wander the earth. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing they're not watching TV at this point. You know, with Silver Shamrock out there as do, well. Do, 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 do. That's fucked up. But not to the... say that you won't be seen or hear anything like that in the month of October. Right. All those things are unclean. See, I like the fact that, you know what? You They listened to Raj back. No one was not discounting him back when they he was warning. They were just like, hey, we're here to party, Raj. Don't be such a sad sack, Raj. <laughs> Which ultimately, finally, they'd be like, thank you, Greg. Thank you for being the voice of reason. I told you. Bring, bring. As you're driving Well, this off. is even actually the biggest bummer. The fact that the demons are now popping out. That's just. That's, that's me. That, yeah, that's like, that's bullshit. This old hell house. <laughs> well, the first thing we're going to do is remove the door. Demolition is my favorite. <laughs> But she is actually, she's pretty quick on her feet to weaponize, to problem solve. Mm-hmm. And while I would be shrinking Cowering away in the, in the corner, yes, that's. But ultimately, this is actually a good idea. This yeah. is very resourceful. Although, I don't know if they would be, you know, rocking the gas. But who cares? Who cares? Yeah, that's one thing I'm like, would the gas be on still? Again, but... we're not going to be those guys that nitpick. You know what? They they survive with their own natural gas underground. Yeah, just like the well. That's right. And in fact, didn't didn't she receive a lighter from someone? Yeah, that's was right. Was it maybe from Angela? Could that come back to haunt her somehow? Maybe. Was this introduced for a reason that good girl Judy actually has a lighter? And of course, the classic course, trope. It's, it's yeah, it does. You, if she was in a car right now, it wouldn't be turning over. Or if it was matching, she couldn't turn it on. Yeah, yeah. It's a nice little trope that buys you that tension. And of course, it's showtime. Or as they say in the Fantastic Four, flame on. And non-CGI flames. Right, you got two dudes on fire. That is some crazy, that is some crazy firework. Yeah. Those folks are lit up right now. And that's the bummer. Actually, no, that's the that's the shit I would run into like, oops. Help! Like, like a fireman with the hose, just like, like in the cartoons, just flailing around. <laughs> well, and you know, Raj proves his worth, his 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 worth again. There we go. It, it ebbs and flows with Raj. <laughs> he Sometimes, comes through in the end. He does. He does. Ultimately, as we see, which oh, again, this is another. You know, gave me an aversion to barbed wire, like you wouldn't believe yeah. in this film. <laughs> <laughs> That's some good old-fashioned haunted housery. Yes, it is. Dare I say the demon's messing with them yet again. That's fucked up. Demons are assholes. Well, yeah, well, they've they've been set aside for a while now, the man. Door That's... closing continues. Door... <laughs> it's always interesting what you get with the subtitles yeah, on. Yeah, it is. I am a fan of that. I'm not going to lie. Well, we only have about 12 minutes worth of mayhem coming up here. Um, and we do really get the full final reveal, the final form of Angela... All the mid-level bosses at this point. <laughs> the mid-level bosses, yes. They, the demon underlings. They are. They are. They're the minions. And hey, he's uh, back. Blind Joe. Blind Joe. Well, that's 
Mom always warned you if you did that too often, you'd go blind. Exactly. A blind Jay. <laughs> Why hast thou forsaken me? A weird ass line right mm-hmm. there as well. She's Alice, not Judas. Oh, here we go. Now we get burned Angela, which you. Yeah. Burned Angela is simmering, bubbling, it's glistening. Oh, so gruesome. And it's what I remember with this film. And it's fact, you know, you go with the VHS cover bar, cover art. Yeah. You get Angela centerpiece, man. Full on. Inviting you, Greg. Do you want to come party? I was like, I don't know. No. It looks kind of, even then, man, I was a sad. I "I don't know if I want to watch this and party. I'm tired. I got to get a full night's rest. (laughs) I need to take some vitamins. That's what Hulk Hogan. Rod's taking the initiative again through the sugar glass. It's like when you realize that's maybe your only way out. Sometimes you're going to do that. Mm-hmm. And then wake up going, damn. That Actually, worked. Raj would have made a hell of a professional wrestler, especially <laughs> with the realizing. <laughs> Table, ladders, and chair. Raj grew up to be one of the Dudley boys. ECW. ECW. Actually, you could have Angela come out like side commentary. She could have been like either the main bad guy, manager, color commentator. Right. Let me tell you something, Mean Gene. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, she's dead. I broke him in half. <laughs> Always with the Spanish announcer's table. No bueno. <laughs> this is, oh. Well, rip, rip your dress. And, and what's and funny is Raj just, he his, don't give a fuck. He's like, I'm out, I'm out, I'm out, I'm out, I'm out. His survivor instinct really kicks in over that. That whole fight or flight with Raj, it's all, fi- it's all flight. Like, yep. just get me out. Scaling up, he could have been in a, like, what is that, um, American a, Ninja Warrior? Right, he could have been an Olympic triathlete. And this shot coming up right here. When they're all up on her? When, oh. It's like that shot in the raid when they go down between floors yes. and you see those guys cut across. Ooh, poor Stooge. And that's some near dark shit right there. Yeah, he is barbecued. He is like Guy Fieri's, like just uh, off screen, ready to Flavor pull him town. apart. Yeah. He falls off with the bone, guys. You don't need donkey sauce for, you know, blackened stooge. <laughs> blackened stooge. That's an off-the-menu item, actually. There we go. <laughs> and Oof. then when they start just cutting into her for pieces of the barbed wire and then everyone else coming out. Everybody and of course, a chunk. We get the great line that is in the trailer. Uh, it just kind of sells the movie. But look at Simmering Angela. It's coming out smoking. In all of her gory. This is what you would see. Party's just begun. This, that's like, if you're introducing Nine of the Demons into the Horror Hall of Fame, that's what you show. Yeah. Simmering, bubbling, burning Angela coming out. Telling you it's time to party. It's time to party. It's yeah. just getting started. Yep. And, it, oh, poor, and at this point, as an audience member, you are going you're to like, Raj, Raj, you asshole. On? But there's some genuine good scares here with because you're you are scared for Judy. She is holding on by barbed wire. Dear life, getting pulled apart at this point. Like her Alice veneer and facade is finally being ripped apart, and like Uh here is reality. Here's yeah, we're no longer in Wonderland. But ultimately, and as she's getting ready to give up, Raj comes back, just saves the day. I even actually like with the theme. It's the just dun, 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 like the victory. Like, it, it does need to be a bit victorious because they're going to cross the barrier as we as they set as up. they set it up. They can't pass the uh, the wall. Yep. 
Be it, you can't invite, you know, a vampire can't be invited. Exactly. A party can't, the, no party, party foul can go beyond. Right. You know, that's. What happens in Hull House stays in Hull House. And then dissolves away. Yep. Leaving an effervescent smoke. Which is one of the things I've always found nice, but also scary in films like that, where the daytime does draw the evil away. But all you need to wait is for the next night, like yeah, with Evil Dead. They're back. Like with Hatchet. Mm-hmm. And the fact that like uh, Crowley's a repeater. Yep. Like and even if you kill him. Then you got Uncle Deadly showing up again. That's dope. It is actually. It I is like really. That. It's the, the manifestation of what that demon was. Yeah. It's, it's just old school cool puppetry. It is. Well, that's why we love this. And then you get... Samala, Evil Dead 2, uh, straight up, save uh, my soul and your lives. <sighs> Again, they've borrowed, he's borrowed, they've borrowed from Hitchcock, from Spielberg, mm-hmm. from Raimi, but you know what? It all comes together in just a fun, mean Halloween film. And the night is over, and the dawn begins, and they but made it. They made it. Ah, oh, great little mask, throwaway. Now, the Halloween fun is still going on, and probably the meanest kill and the goriest one to me is oh, this last coming up. one. Yeah, again, the bookend that you didn't expect with this film, but also, yeah, you <laughs> the Halloween hangover episode we always do. I always kind of Ron imagine pig this. Pig trash calls him pig trash, and he's probably like interracial couple. You oh, know, you know, but... there's some gnarly shit. Yeah, going on. thankfully, that yeah. Would... Thankfully, we didn't get that casual 1980s trope. <laughs> yeah. That's the only thing this film was missing, and it's gl- it's a wonderful omission. But just their leisurely stroll. And then at, at this point, the first time you're watching, you're like, oh, yeah, this guy. Oh, this dude. Like, why are we back here? And you get this uh, almost like EC Comics-esque. Absolutely. Tales from the Crypt. Yes. Yeah. Just like you said, the wraparound, mm-hmm. but it's a wraparound I didn't anticipate, didn't expect, but it's kind of nice. But I'm glad I got it, and it cements the fact that, yeah, this was Halloween. And be it in the background, be it your centerpiece, this is something that does need to be in the Halloween rotation, but as you say, does work outside of Halloween. Mm-hmm. And like I said, every time I watch it, I always go, oh, yeah, it's a Halloween film, because I just have so much fun with it. But it's such a Halloween, I don't know how I forget it. It's just because it's my... My love of Linnea, my love of the gore. Again, just little things like this. And ultimately, like, oops. Yep. Which, as we... Tra- is, and what I love is there was an entire film that we missed with missed this out. couple. Yeah. Yes. And we just... You know, dare I say... I wonder if Michael Duttery saw this. Good kill. Oh, this here? This is... Because you see it. You see it as it's happening and, like... It's a buildup. Oh, oh. That's gross. Right? She's like, oh, no. And you think, like, she's like, oh, dear yeah. Henry, you know, but nope. Turns out. <laughs> and cue the, the tomfoolery, the shenanigans that goes along with Halloween and just this lovely film that was Night of the Demons. It's so the the credits are rolling. Um, it's, you know, movie. we got to, I guess, wrap up our thoughts here. But no, this is a film, obviously. It didn't escape the first round, but as we always say, any of those things with like Into the Mouth of March Madness, any kind of list that we put together, yeah. it changes every day. Exactly. exactly. You know, you put the blob in Night of the Demons right now, I might go Night of the Demons. Yeah. You know, whether we're going closer to the heart, closer to the heart, <laughs> or <just laughs> thinking with our heads, regardless, 
that's the beauty and the beauty of all the films from 88 from 78 all the ones again with the decades that are celebrating those milestone achievements you know there's a reason we go back to the the reason we and honestly going back to even like brain damage a lot of those that escaped our grasp Mm -hmm. that we're now just discovering well and then even also going even more simpler than that it's always fun to sit down and talk about a good old-fashioned horror movie. You know what I'm saying? And I, I won't lie. I know a couple times we got caught in the moment. I apologize. We normally don't do that, and we're watching. But we're watching, you know, and it's we talk about it. But know? that's but that's the, kind of the power of the film. Um, but also, you know what? I you know I, the best thing I think that Marvel did for audiences now is they always sit through the credits. But hopefully, they're watching the credits because so many things have to happen for. A movie to come like, together, especially one like this, and yeah, especially low budget independent. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, uh, Dennis Michael Tenney, love your work on the the score, the soundtrack. What I think makes this film so much fun, um, just the animation at the beginning. Kathy Zelinsky, mm-hmm. her contribution can't be you know denied. But also the special effects through Steve Johnson. Yeah, the some of those like we just said earlier, the special effects that haunt us to this day. It's the the gore, the grew, the the jello, you know, <laughs> regardless, it's memorable. And, it's always you know, a party. It always is a party. And we're, we will always be invited, as will you all always be invited when we do these things. Um, like I said, when, you know, we always watch films, we never really talk. But for hopefully for most of you, when you do this, even if you're not watching along with the film, we'll always just have a good time mm-hmm. getting together. Mosley and Mosley, not Mosley. I was thinking, oh, Bill Mosley was involved with this or Mosley. That's <laughs> no, Angela Will Hunt. So I guess we will go ahead and wrap things up here. Um, we are closing the month of August out. We've got some good things lined up for September, but do not forget about the month of October. So much good stuff coming in October. We are going to have a blast. In fact, look here. Pretty actually, I will say this: Goth Gangster Princess coming back on the episode on the G-G-P. podcast. So you have that to look forward to. So until that time, this is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And we'll see you in your dreams. Oh.